Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another edition of Believe in Giants. Bob Popple along with two-time Super Bowl champion Carl Banks. Giants wrap up the regular season on Sunday in Philadelphia. But Carl, it's not the end of the season anymore. Normally we would say no. it's the end of the season and then it's like, all right, what the heck are we going to do next? We got a playoff game to worry about. Yeah, and that is the exciting aspect of uh, this season because we were all managing expectations uh, knowing that this roster wasn't great and some good players left and there was salary cap hell and uh, to the credit of Coach Dable and his staff and Joe Shane in uh, his tireless work and his staff's tireless work to continue to provide this team with opportunities to coach players and to uh, put a product on the field that can compete. So um, I couldn't be more thrilled. And, you know, just judging from some of the social media, I think a lot of people have been pleasantly surprised and their expectations are now sky high. And uh, I think that's great. I think you should have uh, expectations. Some of them uh, are not uh, rooted in where they started, the reality of where this team started and where this roster is now. But I appreciate like the expectations and, and uh, wanting their team to be the best all the time. But, you know, there are some, there are some real facts that um, – fans will you know have to kind of deal with as we enter this last season this last game of the season to get ready for the tournament so listen carl um we had a blast in london we love I'm wearing going my to london, london shirt now there you go you got uh, your london yes. shirt on yeah so yeah this is it listen listen the giants are 3 and 0 in London and every time they go to London they make the playoffs. In 07 they won the Super Bowl, in 2016 they made it to the playoffs. And improbably in 2022 they won in London, they're going to the playoffs. So we were at the pub, the Giants pub, had a lot of fun and you turned me on to uh Big Blue UK and Ireland. So we thought yes. let's get those guys in their podcast part of the full 10 yards uh podcast network i guess we got shane whitehouse and craig rigdon joining us from across the seas as part of the big blue uk ireland podcast guys <laughs> welcome to the show shane craig how you guys doing yeah thanks uh thanks for having me on and craig as well and yeah doing absolutely brilliant even better knowing uh the giants are uh, coming off a win and going to the uh the wild card weekend it's almost uh, new ground for both of us as more new time fans than uh, some of the other guys on the pod. So um, we're we're riding high at the moment. We're just rolling through. Well, that's awesome, guys. And you know, we met you uh, as Bob said at the pub, and you know, I, I'm super excited to have you guys here because the giant fans um, are global. And you guys represent the best of what those Giant fans are. And I hope that um, you guys are, are excited about what direction this football team is going in. Because, you know, being a long-suffering fan or being a long-distance fan, 
Uh, you want to have something to brag about. You want to wear those giant shirts that you're wearing in your in your country and say, yeah, that's my team heading to the playoffs. So it's it's exciting uh, to have you guys there um, as giant fans and just spreading the love of of the Giants brand. Yeah, it's been Shane. It's, it's go been, ahead, go ahead, Craig. It's been such a um, fantastic season, and it's really kind of g'd us all up. and And it it does make it easier staying up until five a.m. in the morning and seeing a good result than uh, it has done recent years, where five a.m. is a is a lonely time. Hmm. Yeah. Shane, um, Shane, do you get pissed when the Giants get scheduled the night game? Um, five-hour time difference. <laughs> it depends what I'm working the next day. <laughs> um, I work shifts, so you know if I'm up at four a.m. in the morning, it's a little bit tougher. But if I know I'm not in work till two o'clock the next afternoon, I'm one of the lucky ones that can sort of stay up and not have to worry about waking up being tired. It's it, it, like Craig said, it's all the, all the more better when uh, you stay up and you get that W. So I, I want to hear from each of you individually on how you became a Giants fan. What made you become a Giants fan? Shane, you go first and Craig next. Yes, yeah, so I've been following the NFL um, for a, a couple of years. Like I, said, I was working shifts and kind of you get home at one in the morning, two in the morning, and there, there wasn't really much on, especially UK sports. So I started to tune into uh, the NFL um, and kind of the, with the Giants, it kind of felt like the Giants picked me, which some people might think I, mm. that sounds a little bit weird. But if you know, then you know kind of thing. Um, it was just a culmination of things. Um, so I, I'm, I'm a soccer fan. I'll say that on this podcast. Um, and my football team, West Bromwich Albion, plays in blue and white, the same colours as the Giants. Nice. Um, first Madden game I brought, OBJ was on the cover and the Giants were the first team I played as on there. Uh, I'd seen the Giants live in Twickenham in 2016. And then the, the thing that just wraps it up for me is I'm a Penn State fan. And then Saquon Barkley got drafted number two overall in 2018. It was like, okay, if I needed any more confirmation that the Giants <laughs> are for me, that's it. And, you know, although it's been losing seasons since then, I wouldn't change absolutely anything about it. I've got to meet a great community, do podcasts with great guys and, and Elmont here. And, you know, no, no looking back into any days at all. Nice. Craig, what about you? So ours is well, sort of my my journey to the Giants is very ingrained in our podcast. So the, I've only I'm a recent entry into the podcast, but uh, our host Dan and me have been friends for 25, 26 years. And Dan's been a Giants fan since the mid two thousands. I've watched the Super Bowl every year because the spectacle, and decided you know we need to get a team. And Dan gave me the hard sell of this storied franchise and everything that was going on and you know the aura around Eli and it was sort of I think it was the year before we drafted Beckham that I I started and it was kind of very early on and we went up to uh, Regent Street they used to do the sort of before the NFL games up there and just the atmosphere of all the other giant stands we ran into just hooked me um, and since then it's just every game every season no matter what the team is behind the boys and away we go. Nice. Shane, um, my question for you, give us give us a little flavor of what's what you guys discuss on the podcast um, and sort of the fan reaction that you get, not only in the UK and Ireland, but do you uh, get a lot of fan reaction throughout Europe? Yeah, so especially so, kind of since the Giants come over a, a few months ago, the, the, um, 
the increase in, in fans listening and in, in interacting with us on Twitter, et cetera, has like just increased massively. Um, but, you know, our, our kind of podcast will run with, um, we'll just break down previous game we'll pick a key key player of the game we, we've started doing a player of the the game as well where we will pick someone who impressed us and then we'll look ahead to the next game kind of the keys to winning that game and then you know we occasionally we throw in a, a mailbag where we invite uh, listeners to just ping us a, a question via twitter or via email on facebook etc and uh, you know we'll give our opinions on that. So you, all of us get to have a, a bit of a say in everything, but we're really high on kind of increasing uh, fan interaction and, you know, our listeners getting involved just as much as well. Do you guys uh, get a chance to see OC Yumanura on TV there in the UK? He's He does a lot for the NFL Network in the uh, UK. Yeah, so Channel 5, uh, Channel Five, uh, ITV, sorry, ITV have the, the NFL show, which has OC, it also has J-Bell on there as well. So mm-hmm. um, I'm lucky enough that my wife is quite a, an avid fan, although not a Giants fan, she's a Saints fan. Uh, but every Friday, so this evening it will be on, um, she'll sit down, she'll watch that, we'll watch that together. We get the joys of watching J-Bell and OC together. Um, and, you know, the stuff that, that OC's done for the game over here is absolutely massive. He's he's really sort of pushed the agenda. He was on BBC before, he's moved across to ITV. Um, we got to briefly see him at the pub uh, in London when uh, they were doing the, the Eli Manning show there. Um, so, yeah, he's been a, a massive advocate for the NFL over here. Well, he represents the Giants well. Go ahead, yeah, uh, Bob. No, no, no. I'm going to ask you, and then I want to get Shane and Craig to jump in on this. So to play or not to play, that is the question this week as far as how you think Dave's is going to handle all this uh, with this game meaning absolutely nothing for the Giants. So it's probably best for the sake of all of our uh, Believe podcast listeners to clarify something. The Giants will play players. They dress, what, 46 guys? 48 counting the two practice squad elevations, right? Yeah, so it's it's 48 guys. They're not going to sit an entire 22 starters. Because there's um, more than 22, right? When you think of sub packages, and special two tight teams, ends and all, yeah. Yeah, so there's really your core starters. It's about 30 players. Plus, you've got a backup quarterback. That's 31. You have a punter. That's 32. You have a long snapper. That's 33. And then you have your place kicker, Graham Gano, 34. So that leaves you 14 guys that aren't part of your core starting group. So the short answer is sit them. But um, there are some things that I think fans should understand about how coaching works. First of all, the coach is going to do what's in the best interest of the team. But in doing so, that coach will sit down with every player who is not playing. He probably had this conversation on Wednesday when they showed up to practice. And he told them, hey, what I am going to do, and I, I don't I don't know how Dave talks to his guys. He talks to them individually, but uh, in their own different ways. But he's saying to them, we need to get you rested up for this next game. But what I do need from you is mentally 
to practice like you're going to play and to prepare like you're going to play because you're going to dress and you're going to be my emergency uh, defensive tackle, Leonard Williams, or Saquon. And, you know, it's going to take a miracle for you to get back in this game, but I need you ready to go. And a lot of those guys mentally will be prepared anyway. Um, they are not looking for, they don't consider this a uh, vacation from football. They're, they're looking at it as an opportunity to get ready to play a playoff game. And um, I don't think anyone starts a season, any team starts a season and say, hey, we're just getting ready to play 17 games. No, the goal is always to make the playoffs. Yes, you want to win as many games as possible, but you want to win as, uh, enough games to get into the playoffs. And that's what the Giants have done. And um, as we often say here, Bob, styles make fights. And if you have an opportunity to return to Minnesota after you lost on a 60, what, three-yard field goal. 61 yards, yeah. Yeah, you'd probably feel a, a, a pretty good about your chances of going in there and getting a playoff road win. So why would you jeopardize that? And I know fans say, oh, you got you to gotta go 100% all the time. Here's your chance to uh, upset the Philadelphia Eagles or the Philadelphia Eagles are a measuring stick or I've even heard they need all the reps they can get. Well, they've had since training camp, probably tens of thousands of reps. The reps are not the issue. They will be ready to play football. They're getting a week off, not a month. And, um, the reason they coach and and I'm pulling myself and all of us here in it and we don't is because they can make decisions based on uh, what's necessary for their team. They've done it. That's why they're in the playoffs, making the decisions that they make. And uh, as much as play, uh, as much as fans complained about a decision to play a Dory Jackson and they many think it was a senseless injury and totally avoidable. Think about what you would be saying fans, if they played their starters and they went out and they lost some key players against the Eagles. And then they limp into the playoffs and the fan base would be livid. They would say it was totally unavoidable. They didn't have anything to play for. So just root these things uh, in reality, knowing that you have a very thin roster to begin with and you want to give your team the best chance to win. And plus, if th things break the way they should, they're going to have more players against the Eagles. I mean, not the Eagles, against the Vikings than they did in their first matchup a couple weeks ago. Exactly. Exactly. What's the feeling, Shane and, and Craig, um, with your followers, with the giant fans abroad, are they are they kind of all in on resting guys and 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 not playing the front line guys, despite the fact that it's the Eagles and you would love to kind of mess up their number one seed? Yeah, we had a very similar conversation on our podcast this week about you know do you play the starters or not, and um, I, I completely understand and agree with everything Carl's just said. I said from a fan perspective, I'd like to see 
the starters play, but if the game looks like it's going to be like the game it was previously, it's getting out of hand, hook them quite early on. Um, and my reason for wanting to play him was number one, we all Philly one. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to let that one drop. That we all Philly one, and, and I'd love the opportunity to just ruin their Philly about twenty two of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just the chance to ruin there, like you know, take take that number one seed away from them that they've been on about. Um, but also, like we were saying about just riding the momentum a little bit more. We got a really good win this weekend. Just gone, you know, we probably our best win that we've had like kind of in, in regards to points, we've put 38 on the board. So let's just ride that momentum a little bit. And then like with someone like Adore Jackson, I, I said I'd probably give him a few snaps just to shake some of that rust off because next week he's potentially going to be facing one of, if not the best wide receivers in Jefferson from Minnesota. And what way to kind of, you know, get a bit more practicing and, and shag that rust off than going up against another good wide receivers in AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. Yeah, we, we were pretty much almost unanimous across the board that we were quite happy for the starters to play a bit part in the game. Um, but if it got out of hand, then, then you know, as Shane said, hook them away. I think there are certain players I wouldn't risk. Um, Big Cat, Leo, I wouldn't I wouldn't risk. I, th I think he, he's due a week off. Um, Aziz, I'd much, much rather see Aziz healthy 100% then risk him on a, I think he had six six snaps this past week. Um, if he's going to be on a similar snap count this week, it doesn't seem it doesn't seem useful to have him out there for that little play. Um, and then I guess Barkley, Jones are the two big playmakers that you'd probably say very minimal and then and then take him away. As much as Barkley probably wants to keep extending his his rushing record that he he smashed through this season. I think you've got to look at the bigger picture and with the injuries that we have coming back, we're built for a run potentially and playoff football is playoff football. Anything could happen. Look at the Giants mm -hmm. in, in yesteryears where we would go back when we went to the Patriots and we played our starters and Sean O'Hara goes down. That's not the kind of injury that we want to see happen to our O-line or D-line now. Carl, correct me if I'm wrong. In 86, when you guys were rolling, on your way to the first ever Giants Super Bowl. Um, you were playing the Packers at Giants Stadium. Um, you didn't play a good half, and then you smoked them. Didn't LT uh, basically take himself out of the game with a chance to get the single-season sack record? Yeah. Um, because he said, I, I don't really care about the record. I care about the championship, so I, I don't really care. Yeah, it's... It and that's, you know, as it relates to uh, Saquon Barkley, I'm sure he feels the same way. I mean, it's the playoffs. They want, they want, that's where you have something to prove uh, this point in the year when you have a chance to see a team again for all the marbles. It's a single game elimination and uh, no one cares at, at the end of uh, the day when you go in and you play Philadelphia and then you limp into the playoffs and you lose and, and, and no one will care about that Philadelphia game. Um, if you can't be healthy enough and give yourself a, a chance to win the playoffs. I mean, there's, you know, if the giants had a better roster, a, 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 um, a deeper roster, then, the, you know, can have this conversation about, you know, you play all your starters a half or you play, you know, but right now, 
Um, and, and let's be real. In order for the Giants to win against the Philadelphia Eagles with their starters, it would involve heavy Saquon Barkley and heavy Daniel Jones. And when I say heavy, the things that Daniel Jones does well, he would it would expose him. Uh, but that would it, that's what it would take uh, when you're playing your starters um, to give yourself the best chance to win. So, listen, uh, the coaching staff is going to coach the players that are out there. Some of those players will be starters. I would venture to say maybe two-thirds of the starters will be out there for a good period of time. Uh, here's the other benefit. I think you have uh, in not playing uh, your key players is that when you have guys like O'Shane Zeminis, Taman Fox, who's in a defensive rotation, uh, they get more reps. They get better prepared for a playoff game. Um, you have offensive linemen because we, we know Evan Neal is uh, – it's on the mend. He's not 100%. I'm not sure if his knee is still bothering, but you could just look at his play. His backups, plural. Uh, Nick Gates can go out there. He gets more valuable reps because he's been off a year, but he's been a starter at two different positions. So it gives him a chance. So you're going to see some household names uh in the game, you're going to see some guys that are starters and rotation guys that have to play. Um, McKinney, McKinney knock off a little bit more rust, right? You sure, don't want to see sure. Darnay Holmes because every time he tackles somebody, you could see his shoulders all messed up. Mm -hmm. So you don't need that. You know who I want to see, Carl? A guy that's had a pretty good career in the NFL. Uh, Jared Davis, who they signed uh, off the practice squad for the Lions, a former number one draft pick who's, you know, started 50-something games in the NFL. This is a great opportunity to see how he fits and has processed Wink Martindale's dis, uh, defense, not in practice time, but in real time. Let's see how he yeah. does it in live game situation. And I know for a fact the uh, the team, it, the defensive coaches really like J.D. And they are looking forward to having him be a part of the defense because they believe he's the best linebacker in the room. Um, a guy like, and we can probably touch on this a little more um, extensively, but a guy like um, Landon Collins, right? Came off a, you know, a, a game changing uh, performance uh, for the last couple of weeks, actually. Uh, he's probably going to play some, uh, because he hadn't played a lot at that uh, hybrid linebacker. I don't, I'm not sure he's accepted the fact that he's a linebacker, but he's a football player playing in that linebacker slot. So it gives him a little more of a feel too. Um, and they probably wouldn't play him a whole bunch, but you know, more, um, more reps out there within the defense from that level uh, of the defense, the second level of the defense will be beneficial as well. But Listen, um, those coaches have made great decisions all year long. Uh, that's why they're in the position that they're in. 
Um, and I have no problem with whoever they decide not going to see the turf at all. And whoever they decide to give 15 plays to 20 plays to a series to, I'm okay with that. All right. So, uh, Shane and Craig, Shane, I'll start with you just in wrapping up, uh, your favorite part of the season outside of the giants showing up in London and beating the Packers. Cause I know that has to have been your favorite moment of the season for both of you. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. So give me, give me what your favorite, one of your favorite moments from this season is a, a lasting memory. Um, probably this weekend just gone to be honest, seeing MetLife the way it was, as I said, I've been a fan since kind of like that, the start of that 2018 season. And for the, I said to the guys the weekend for the first time, I think it, I've seen MetLife. It was packed. I couldn't see a single Colts Jersey. The fans were Wild and DJ got that absolute standing ovation that he fully deserved as well. To be fair, you know, it's kind of he's had a lot, lot of tough times. And I'd say this weekend, and then like the fact that you know, we kind of won, won and got in for the first ever time as a Giants fan for myself. So I'd probably say this weekend is probably the highlight for me. Great, go to I'm going to go to a single play. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we played the Washington Commanders in what was basically a crunch time game, and cave on Thibodeau had a nice little triple crown moment where he was able to get to high in a key sack, get the fumble, rumble it in for a touchdown, um, which is, you know, his first career touchdown as a, as a pro. And Thibodeau's come on in little bits throughout the whole season. And that was like an explosion moment. You know, he does a lot of stuff that doesn't show up on the stat sheet, which I think gets overlooked, whereas actually from a rookie perspective in the terms of the position he plays, he's probably one of the best, if not, the best at creating pressure. Um, so just seeing the evolution of someone that was so highly regarded at the beginning of the season, had to face adversity by not getting on the field to begin with, and then come up with a play like that to spark not just the defence, but he sparked the offence with that one play. Um, was almost like a, a season changer and the clincher for me. Mm -hmm. Cool stuff. Guys, we appreciate you taking some time uh, with the time difference. Joining us from across the pond, uh, Shane Whitehouse, Craig Rigdon, Big Blue UK and Ireland. Guys, great to have you on, and hopefully the Giants get scheduled to play in London sooner rather than later because we'd love to see you guys in the pub having some fun. Indeed. And um, if you guys ever get to uh, this side of the pond, we want to have you guys as our guest as uh, – uh, 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 at at a game because it it's a it's a really cool experience. I know you guys love your um, football over there, but the fans get football fans here. Be it'll be a great experience for you guys. We, we would absolutely love that, and there are plans afoot to come over next September, hopefully as the as a oh, foursome. So um, we will definitely take you off on that. Oh, oh absolutely. awesome. We're going to have to get you guys passes to at least come in the booth too, for some of the broadcast. Yeah. Dream you you want to be in this, you want to be in the stands, you want to be enjoying it, but for at some point to come in the booth, at least maybe in the second quarter and, and experience it with Carl and I, that would be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, th dream come true. Thank you guys. Thanks for joining us. Awesome. Shane Whitehouse, Craig Rigdon, big blue UK and Ireland. Thanks for having us. Great talking. Thank you. Thank you. Carl, it was obviously fun uh, having the guys on. Um, I want to just take you quickly in a different direction here because you you bled, broke bones, gave your body 
not only for the Giants, but for the National Football League. And we've talked about player safety and everything else uh, over the years and how it's improved. Um, you know, we got the news on Thursday about DeMar Hamilton, uh, DeMar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills, um, you know, opening his eyes, communicating. One of the first things he asked his family members and those in the hospitals, did we win the game? Um, and it looks like this young man is is progressing in the right direction. You know, the medical staff, the instant reaction uh, for both the Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm still marveling at, you know, the resources that the NFL has at each and every game and the improvements that they've made from obviously when you played to sure. now. Yeah, listen, um, the fact that um, DeMar is communicating and uh, seemed to be on his way out of the ICU unit at some point tracking that way um, is a miracle in and of itself. But that miracle, uh, obviously with the help of God, uh, was made possible by the resources and the training of the NFL medical staffs. And, you know, just like players uh, go through certain things in training camp, their training is just as rigorous because you have to train for the unforeseen and you have to be knowledgeable enough to recognize things when they happen. And uh, to be able to uh, administer CPR within two minutes of seeing that young man hit the ground, uh, no time was wasted. And that, that time saved, saved that young man's life. And, um, you know, you can't say enough about the training staff of both the Buffalo Bills in the Cincinnati Bengals, but that is training staffs around the NFL. They take their jobs extremely serious. It's not always uh, as severe, but when you get a worst case scenario, which this was, there was no hesitation in the job that they needed to do and the way they got it done. So um, to all the medical staffs in all sports, um, Hats off to you. Um, I should say first responders. Uh, hats off to you. And, you know, just the uh, research and the progress that has been made in this league from uh, year to year in terms of, of making sure that uh, things defibrillators and things like that are readily available and where in um, training uh, medical staffs to to administer CPR. Like I said, uh, within two minutes of that young man falling, he was being uh, administered CPR and life-saving CPR. So um, the league has continued, you know, when they talk about health and safety of players, uh, they are serious about it. And um, we all learned a lot on Monday night. And uh, this game has forever changed um, 
just in terms of how we view it um, and, and what goes into every phase of football, including the medical aspect of it. Couldn't say it any better myself, Carl. Awesome stuff. Anything else and, you want to add before we wrap it up? Yeah, um, Bob, I want to I want to put a partition in the DeMar Hamlin conversation. I want to partition it um, because the two I don't because I don't have information on you know the cause of his uh, cardiac incident other than what we saw and what we've been told. But I want to partition it and speak to the families of of uh, parents of kids that aspire to play football or that are currently playing football. Um, the number one thing, and this has nothing to do with DeMar Hamlin. Now, again, I'm partitioning this, but I know everybody saw it and parents are concerned about the safety of their children playing this sport. As a parent, and I can tell you firsthand experience from what my father used to do to me. My father never played football, but the number one thing that my father said, and this is how you can help your kid, equipment is important. Don't, at, at an early age, do not allow your kid to take more equipment off so they could be faster or stronger the nfl equipment folks is state-of-the-art right and they always say guys are stronger faster all these other things but make sure equipment helmets are fitted correctly right shoulder pads are fitted correctly thigh pads all of these things are important um because they they build this equipment for a reason don't let your kid uh, compromise that for anything because they build it to, to, to do certain functions. And if you are having second thoughts about letting your kid play and you decide, okay, we're going to do this, the number one thing you better make sure your son does and or your daughter in any sport Make sure that the equipment is is properly fitted and that your son, no, I don't care if it's a walkthrough and they require a helmet and shells. Make sure that that kid goes on the field with the proper equipment. It's important. It gives you even more comfort in knowing that your kid has done the best he can. He's done his part. To, to play the game safely and can still have fun with it. Perfectly said, Carl. Uh, well, how do we end it? Tell a friend to tell a friend. Tell a friend to tell a friend. We'll talk to you next week. Believe in Giants. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.